Hey, it's Clay. Welcome to another episode of the Money with Clay podcast. I realize I probably say this every week, but I'm very excited for this week's uh, talking point and discussion. But it's true. I love to do these podcasts, and it's always very humbling and honoring whenever I hear from people out there that listen to them and that give me feedback or suggestions or sometimes even a little critiques, which still very honoring and humbling because I appreciate those people not only listening, but also taking some time out to say, hey, I enjoy all this, but maybe you could try that or maybe you could focus on that. Uh, always appreciated. There's no, you can't get better without constructive criticism. So I'm all for it. And I, I, I thank all of you that, uh, you know, have submitted, not if, even if it's not, you know, constructive criticism, I appreciate it. But the point being, I, I really do enjoy these and especially situations like this where not that I have it all figured out at all, uh, but where I, I can also try to you know grow and try to improve myself when I see certain things. And sometimes we know we're all at different uh, you know path or different points in our journey. And in many senses, you know, maybe I'm a little bit ahead of other people, but I don't say that in a, I'm better than you type of way. I just said, and I just happen to be at a different location, just like uh, with whatever your skill set may be. Uh, I'm sure you are, you know, ahead of me in, in, in one area of life or another. And that's the whole idea when you surround yourself with quality people, with ambitious people, with people that just, they want to take life by the reins and control it. That's what how everybody improves. I'm not better than you, you're not better than me, but we're the same in the way of our ambition. We're the same in the way of our thought process. And that is exactly why over and over again, I am always talking about and questioning, who are you surrounding yourself with? I surround myself with people I respect. I surround myself with people uh, that I consider winners. And like I said, we all, we're all, all my friends, all my, you know, my, my sphere of influence. I mean, we're all, we're all going about, um, you know, different pathways, but we're still on the same mountain and we're saying we're still of the same mindset. And that's why, um, yeah, we can all help each other out in different ways, offer up different bits of advice. And it's, it's a good, uh, you know, circle of progress. We'll call it that way. But, uh, I found this article here and like I said, it, when I see things like this, it's okay. Yeah. That would probably be somebody uh, that you would want to listen to. And this comes from uh, CNBC. And the title of the article here, Walmart CEO Doug McMillan offers three tips for getting promoted. Okay, I've heard of Walmart. I know they're worth like billions and billions of dollars. Oh, and the CEO of a company worth billions and billions of dollars is going to offer three tips for getting promoted. And yes, while I do you know, run my own thing, so I, I can't necessarily get promoted uh, in, in more of a job sense. It's still, I wanna hear that, I wanna get inside the mind of somebody that runs a multi-billion dollar company. And then for those of you listeners out there that are maybe trying to seek some sort of edge, then you know, hopefully this can offer up uh, some sort of you know, insight into how you can better position yourself uh, at, at, your, at your job or you know, really whatever situation you may be in. So picking up with the article here, Walmart CEO Doug McMillan thinks he's got a pretty good job and others seem to think so too. During our associate and shareholders week in June, several associates stopped me and said, I want your job someday, McMillan wrote in a recent LinkedIn post. My reply, great, come and get it. Here are three tips McMillan offered on LinkedIn for anyone looking to rise through the ranks. So tip number one, excel in your current role. Do your job 
and do it well. When McMillan became the company's fifth CEO in 2014, he already had a long history working for the retail giant. So here we go. I love this because it just goes to show and it offers up a reminder that as much as it would be awesome to just be able to, you know, click your fingers and all of a sudden you're, you're where you wanna be or you're, you're, you're high up in some sort of position, it just doesn't work like that. He first joined Walmart as a summer associate associate making $6.50 per hour in one of its warehouses while in high school. So you talk about, and there's nothing wrong with working in a warehouse at all. What I would argue is there's something wrong if you just sit there and say, you know what, I'm, I'm happy, I'm happy, I'm just gonna stay here. But if it's a way to get your foot in the door, as it was here, if it's a way just to, a means to an end, maybe it's a side hustle so that you can use that money towards something else, totally fine. But if you're saying, you know what, I'm perfectly fine working in a warehouse, making $6.50 an hour for the rest of my life, and, and that's fine with that. No, that, that's there are other opportunities out there for you. There are other ways that you can make more than, I'm assuming at $6.50, that maybe that was the minimum wage back then. But I mean, if you think that you're only good enough to make the minimum wage, I, 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 I would like to challenge you that, no, you, you can do better than that. There are more opportunities out there than just to make the minimum wage. Well, I don't have any other skill sets. That's fine. You actually just took the biggest first step. You admitted that you don't have any skill, other skill sets. So now you can take the next step. Well, what skill sets can you get, can you acquire, can you learn that'll then propel you to where you wanna be? So he started 650 an hour in one of its warehouses while he was in high school. He then moved up to an assistant manager then a buyer in merchandising, and then he eventually became CEO of Sam's Club, which is a part of uh, Walmart, and then ran Walmart International. I mean, how many steps was that? I'm pretty sure that there's maybe some in-betweens there too, but actually, I'm, I'm curious. So he worked in the warehouse, he moved up to an assistant manager, buyer in merchandising, that's three, became CEO of Sam's Club, that's four, and then ran Walmart International, that's five. So five steps, so you know at minimum there was five steps from where he started to where he is right now. So the, this little section closes out. Getting the job you want always starts with excelling at the one you have, McMillan says. And not that that's groundbreaking advice, but yeah, I mean, it amazes me how people are like, you know, I'm not making any progress. And well, usually it goes like this from my experience, um, just listening to people that, so you hear them talk about they're at work and they're, you know, ah, so I'm, 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 I'm watching YouTube videos or, or this, that, and the other. And you're like, wow, that, that kind of sounds like a nice job because all you're doing is like surfing the internet the whole time. You're, you're on social media and then you have to do maybe like a little bit of work and then you go back to surfing the internet and YouTube and social media and then you do a little bit of work and I'm, can you relate to that? Have you ever heard anybody where they describe kind of their day, how'd work go? What, it, what you know, it is what it is, you know? And, and then they start to describe me like, do you even actually work at your, like, what is the point of your job? And you, you just get the feeling that they're at work, quote unquote, but they're not actually doing work. They're not actually making anything happen. Or maybe a better way to put it, you get the feeling, wow, that person is doing like the bare minimum. I mean, they're just, they're literally doing the bare minimum to get by, to not get fired. And you know, that it is. And then all you know, so that they, and then later on they're talking about, you know, 
you know, society or my job or my employer or just, you know, insert blank, something is holding them back. It's it just, it's really hard to get ahead. You know, they, they're not getting any promotions. They're, you know, their, their, their benefit package is just nothing. And you kind of, kind of just question, well, don't you remember like last week or yesterday or five minutes ago when you were just sitting there and basically describing that you as an employer are not excelling at your job, you're not doing anything that's really, I mean, you're, you're just not excelling at your job. So as much as it, it seems kind of obvious, you know, if you want to get promoted, you got to excel at your job. It's a lot of people, they either they overlook it or they don't care. And then they decide to just still play the victim card or, or complain about stuff. Even though, like I said, you listen to them and it, you know, they're, they're their previous description of themselves at the job doesn't really, I mean, if you were the employer, you're saying, well, the way you describe it to me, the way you describe your actions, I would never promote you. I would never. So go above and beyond. Don't just do the bare minimum. When you are at work, ask yourself, I mean, is there anything else that I could be doing right now besides being on social media? Which leads us perfectly into the next point, be a team player. For McMillan, who played point guard on his high school basketball team, this one comes naturally. The best leaders lead through influence and collaboration, regardless of their title, McMillan says. McMillan has not only experienced all levels of the company firsthand, but he makes an effort to learn more about his employees and their experiences. During one of his first days as CEO, he took a three and a half hour road trip with a Walmart truck driver in Mississippi. And the, the, the best thing I can use uh, from my life to illustrate this and, you know, had a huge impact on my life and my viewpoint toward the world and kind of my, I guess, philosophy of life in, in some senses is the, the whole thing about, you know what, be the team player. The best leaders lead through influence and collaboration regardless of their title. And when I was in high school and I, I was doing one of my first jobs, which was pushing carts out from the parking lot into back into the store. You know, you have those cart corrals and stuff like which were, put please put the cart in the corral. I don't don't just leave your cart next to your car no matter where you are. That's it. as someone that used to put the carts back to where they are, I really appreciate the people that took the time to take maybe 10 extra steps, maybe 10, 15 extra seconds out of their day to just return the cart to the corral. So just FYI, from somebody that used to do that, they really appreciate you doing that. But when I used to do that job, part of it was, you know, also being on trash duty. And one of the days the, the, the trash was, you know, it, it needed to be changed. It was a very, very busy day. It was a Saturday. And this is a, um, I mean, they're not a small company, they're publicly traded, but as far as the retail division is concerned, there, there was, you know, there's only, they only had five stores uh, all across, all around the state of Ohio where I grew up. Um, so company-wise, yeah, they're publicly traded. The Andersons, I think ticker symbol A-N-D-E. But they're, you know, they do millions upon millions of dollars of sales. I don't, pretty sure they're not a billion dollar company, but millions upon millions of dollars of sales every single year. Like I said, publicly traded company. But within the retail division, um, like I said, the Andersons is the name of the company. Um, Dan Anderson, so he's one of the sons of the guy that discovered the company. He was the president of the, the, the retail uh, division. And there was an article I remember at that time that came out. And uh, if you're not familiar with the way publicly traded companies work is because they're publicly traded, 
They are required to disclose financial statements, how much money they're making, losing, and and you know how many how many shares people own. And so you can do the math and you can get an idea of how much somebody's worth, which is exactly why you know you, you know Forbes can put together the you know the the richest people is because well there is access to certain bits of people's life based off of okay well if they own that much stock in a company and that stock price is worth you know x amount you you can do some math and you can figure out you know a ballpark estimate of how much people are worth so in this case they're in about an article and because of you know the way things are structured as i just explained uh, you know I, you knew that this dan anderson i mean he was worth millions upon millions of dollars because uh, he owned a lot of stock, the company was was doing well. So here I am as like the bottom, the bottom of the totem pole, pushing carts in from the parking lot, having to do you know trash, and it was busy Saturday, like I said, and and I I think I've told this story before, but like I said, it's one of my favorite stories, and it really kind of helps shape and explain me as a person, because um, I wish I could say I was being like dramatic, but yeah, it, one of those like life altering experiences. And I'm sitting there, and he's like, hey, Clay. Uh, I, cause I played football with the son and stuff like that, uh, but that has nothing to do with why he did it. Um, that's just kind of why he uh, understood my name or knew my name, plus I had a name tag on. But, hey, Clay, you know, let me let me help you out. And, I, and I'm thinking, uh, I got it, I got it. No, 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 let's go. So he just grabs that trash bag. I mean, and you know the trash water? It's like because people throw their drinks in the, the trash, so then you get, like, liquids mixed with just the nasty trash and it. A hot summer day. I mean, it was a ter- It was just nasty. Fly. Just it's it's trash, right? The nastiest of trash. And he's grabbing it and he's getting it on his hands and he's just. And all I could think the whole time was, I just remember like seeing the article not that long ago. This guy's worth millions of dollars. Millions of dollars. He's the retail president, and here he is helping, like the lowly person me with the trash. If that's not leadership, if that's not just leading through influence and saying, listen, I'm in it with you. I'm not too good enough. You need some help. Let me know. Let's get to it. I, then I don't know what is. So McMillan here absolutely nails it because that's what Dan Anderson was doing. And it inspired me as an employee. And it inspired my entire life to, to just, remember, you're never better than anybody else. You got to always be willing to help somebody else out. And that's what he was doing. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's always stuck with me ever since then. And then number three, and this is what I think is the most beneficial and the most impactful from a, a practical perspective, because if you, if you put yourself in the other person's shoes, uh, you really see how this would work out. But it says, tackle a challenge. Running the number one company on the Fortune 500 isn't an easy task. McMillan says he has a healthy paranoia about Walmart's success and he keeps a photo on his phone that lists the top 10 retailers in the U.S. over the past few decades to show how easy it is for companies to come and go in the retail industry. And I quote, look around at things that just aren't getting done, McMillan recommends. Maybe there's a project you could tackle. Maybe there's an issue that always gets backburned, backburnered for other priorities. Challenge yourself to take on those difficult assignments. They're learning opportunities, and you have a chance to change something for the better. And here's here's my, my that I think is the most practical and what stuck with me the most. McMillan says it's key. It's McMillan says it's key to show your manager how equipped you are to do not only your job but a bigger one. You become a low risk promotion, he says. Your manager can imagine you in the next job 
because you're already you've already shown you can do it. And then the article, that's the end of the article. But think about this. Put yourself in your manager's job and also make the assumption and which is a a, a a safe assumption, but regardless, there's really either assumption you can take. First, think about your manager. They also want to get promoted. Maybe you're thinking, no, my, my manager's a deadbeat. They, they definitely don't want to get promoted. They have no ambition. I have no idea how my manager even became manager. Okay, fine. Then the second assumption, which is totally valid and logical. They just want, they don't want headaches in their life. They want to do the bare minimum and the last thing they want to do is to deal with a headache or have to explain themselves or anything because they made some sort of bad choice in any aspect of the job. So those are the two assumptions. They're also ambitious and they want to get promoted more or they just they're you know they're a deadbeat manager. They want to do the bare minimum. So therefore the very last thing they want is any drama in their job. They just want to be able to show up at work, go on social media, and not have to worry about anything else, not have to explain themselves, not have to have anybody question them. So in any of those two situations, think about it. If you show that, you know what, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a low risk promotion. If you promote me, because you know managers are gonna be tasked with, okay, somebody needs to be promoted. Who are we gonna promote? Well, that falls on somebody, some sort of manager. So instead of looking at it as a low risk promotion, how about let's call it a low drama, meaning for that manager, Let's just go with, you know, they're being the deadbeat. Who are they gonna wanna promote? Somebody that they think is gonna cause people to say, hey, why did you promote that person? They're, they're terrible. And now all of a sudden, oh, I have to get off social media, I have to explain myself, or maybe I'm at risk of, uh-oh, now maybe they don't think I'm a very good manager because I don't, I don't know how to recognize talent. I don't know how to actually promote people that should be promoted because I just promoted somebody that didn't work out. Or do you think they're like, wow, if I promote that person, they're like, they're safe. They're not. They're gonna allow me to stay on social media because nobody's gonna come questioning my decision. They're like the low drama choice. That's kind of a no-brainer choice. I mean, think about it. If, if you make yourself the low drama choice because you prove that, yeah, I mean, if you pick me, don't worry. I mean, nobody's gonna question you. If, if anything, people are gonna be like, oh, wow, maybe we should promote that manager because they identified that person to promote. Wow, they have an eye for talent. Do you see how that works? That's why, the, yeah, that, that really is such a good way to look at it um, that, you know, McMillan says. You become a low-risk promotion. Again, how do you do that? By saying, hey, I, I see that needs to be done. I will go and do it. Wow, really? Okay, well, nobody else wanted to do that because uh, it, it's considered pretty difficult. And yeah, yeah, I get it, but I, I want to tackle it. And what did he say? Those... Um, what do you say? He's, so the difficult assignments, you know, to tackle those difficult assignments. And then he says, they're learning opportunities. So, so, and then he says, and you have the chance to change something for the better. Okay, but we'll put all aside the rah-rah stuff. But just look at it as a learning opportunity. A big challenge and you get to learn. Because, you know, you may fail, but you, at, at least you're going to know, okay, well, that didn't quite work. But yet you're... Think about it, but you almost, not almost, you do still have the safety net of, well, at least that person tried. I mean, if I'm looking at, you know, at a situation, now there is a line in the sand. It's like, okay, was that, I mean, was that a very prudent choice on your part? Should you have ever even tried that? Um, and, or if it's, I wanna do that, I wanna do that, and it's fail, 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 fail. I mean, it's a fine line, but the general idea that, you know, the general framework of the decision is, hey, you know what? 
I'm spending a lot of time on social media or I'm not feeling very challenged in my current role, but I see that and that could be done. Sure, you know, that that's pretty difficult, but I mean, it's possible. It's not like it's impossible. And so, so why not? Why not go and recommend or, you know, volunteer for it and, you know, learn from it. Even if things don't quite go perfect, I'm still going to learn from it. And then people take notice of that stuff and you start to get really good. And then, like I said, it goes to your manager can imagine you in the next job because you've already shown you can do it. Another way to go about all this, just ask yourself the question, what sorts of things does my manager do? Or what sorts of things do the person above me kind of do? And then you try to find job or find situations in your current job that can kind of mimic that. Now, of course, just by definition, you're not gonna be able to do the exact jobs that the person up above you does because, well, that's their job. But what sorts of things are like what my boss does or like the person above me does that I can try to do in my current role? And start to look around, start to seek at your current job. Are there any situations that exists like that. And if there are, volunteer to do them or just do them and just keep on doing them. And then all of a sudden, when you know your your boss, your higher up is tasked with, yeah, we need we need to get somebody promoted or we need to figure something else, or maybe that person gets promoted and then they need to pick somebody to choose or to replace them in their job, then it's like, I mean, think about it from that point of view. Wow, I just got promoted. Okay, now I got a big decision because I'm moving up the chain, but I gotta make sure that I put somebody in my place or else that's gonna really hinder my ability at the next promotion because, I mean, they're gonna be scared to promote me because the last time they promoted me, I replaced them with some sort of schmuck. So that, therefore, I need to give them the confidence that when they promote me again, that I will once again be able to replace myself with somebody worthwhile. So, okay, who can I look around? And there you go, you're, you're, you're sitting there as the low risk, the low drama promotion. And, you know, I think that that goes a long way with me because that's that really is it's it's one of those things where I, I guess I've never really thought about it. But now after he said it, it's like, oh, yeah, that's common sense. But it wasn't common sense because I have never really kind of looked at it that way about being the turn yourself into the low risk, turn yourself into the low drama promotion and get your get your manager to, you know, imagine you as the next job or, you know, uh, imagine you doing it and you they can't imagine you doing it because you've already shown that you can do it. So very valuable advice, but really on all three levels. So like I said, this is just not really my thoughts. I'm sure I interjected a few of my thoughts, but I mean, these are the thoughts of a CEO, somebody that runs, like, like the article said, the number one company on the Fortune 500. And if there's somebody that might be worth listening to, uh, maybe uh, may the person that runs, like I said, multi hundreds of billions of dollars company. So that is all I have, and I'm curious of your thoughts. I mean, do you have any other ideas that uh, you know you could be doing to help promote yourself and all that? So, like I started off the podcast, I, I love to hear from you. So that's one of those things where you know, give me your feedback, or if you just have any other ideas um, in the, in the future. Um, speak about the future. I have a, a a podcast. I guess it's still about a month away, uh, but um, I'm going to be going out to um, San Francisco area, Silicon Valley. My brother-in-law, who's been on the podcast, who works for Google as a salesperson, uh, my wife and I were going to go out there and, and visit. Uh, you know, so my sister and then him, and we uh, he he sent me an article that was just like, oh man, and I started to read it, and I was like, oh man. And so we decided, you know, we're going to do a we're going to do a podcast together again and just talk about the article, uh, but in person. So when I go out there, we're going to get it recorded. But like I said, that's still about a month away. So, but I am very excited for that 
given I'm already talking about it a, a month out. But that's all I have for uh, for this week. Take one of those points, take all three of those points, get out there, make yourself, turn yourself into the low drama choice, the low risk choice. And you know, I, I'm very, very confident you'll be amazed at how things start to change in your work setting. So get out there and put that ax to the grindstone. Thank you so much for hanging out and listening. Before I go, I wanna just make your attention to a few things. First off, if you enjoyed the show, then make sure to help us out in the iTunes, especially if you could leave us a rating. That goes a long way and just assists me in getting the word out there, and I, I genuinely would appreciate it. Second, if you find yourself either in debt or just feeling like your, your personal finances are kind of out of control or could be much more efficient, then I would encourage you to go to moneywithclay.com and check out the Slab Money Method. That is the course that I put together as a former process engineer that outlined every single step, step by step by step with documentation, with forms to fill out, that'll put you on the path, the exact path I used to pay off $163,000 of debt and get myself to the point where not only am I debt free, but I am now able to build wealth and build wealth in an efficient uh, manner. So if you're curious and interested in that, again, moneywithclay.com and that is the slab money method. And no, this is not all some massive sales pitch when I say that it works, it truly does. And I back that up with more than words. My action behind those words is that course comes with a one year money back guarantee. So if you try it out and you're not making any progress, you're not seeing any progress, then I will refund you the cost of the course, which is very minimal to begin with. And then finally, make sure to check us out on social media, Facebook, Instagram, just look up for Money With Clay and you will see us there. Again, thanks for hanging out. I'll see you back next episode.